Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have the comedian Joe Bubblewitz coming on momentarily. And yes, that is his last name, so he will definitely fill us in on that tonight. But he's an amazing comedian. I'm going to do a great introduction for him in a moment. But before I bring him on, I just want to do a brief introduction to my show. He is going to be one of the comedians tonight joining a bunch of others that I have had the honor and pleasure of interviewing, which include the comedians Tom Cotter, Jim Florentine, Don Jameson, R.C. Smith, Chris DeStefano, Joe Mataris, Claudia Stavola, and Liz Russo, to name a few. So please check out the podcast for all of the entertainers that I've had on my show. I do a lot of uh, interviews with musicians, too, some filmmakers. I'm actually approaching 200 interviews. I think I have a couple more to go, and then we're going to hit 200. So again, I really created this show to support people in the entertainment industry. A little bit about myself. Um, my background is in clinical psychology. That's what I do for a living. I'm a clinical psychologist. But my other passion is truly the entertainment industry. So I really wanted to bring my background with my interviewing skills and my passion for entertainment. I do some writing for some magazines. I also have an album out as a solo artist. So I created this forum because I know personally how challenging and difficult it can be for people to get their names out there and spread their word about who they are and what they do. So I'm going to show you, you're going to learn, get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like and what it's like to be in a profession. I do uh, throw out the clause that although I stated I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any formal analysis or therapy on my show, but I, def- I definitely like my guests to feel open to discuss whatever they'd like, and sometimes we do talk about things in an educational format. And secondly, also, if you want to share any potentially embarrassing or humiliating stories, which, of course, we all love to hear, just keep any specific names of persons, organizations, etc., anonymous. So if you're tuning in, you can create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. I do have a chat room open, but because I am a one-person show, I am going to be focused on the interview. So let's do an introduction for Joe, and then we're going to bring him on. So Joe Bubblewitz is a 20-year veteran of the national comedy circuit, and I've checked out some of his YouTube clips. He's really hysterical, and I really would like to see him live. I think you'll really get a, a good feel of what he's like on YouTube, but I think you're not going to really get that flavor until you see what he like, is like performing. He really has an ability to take you on a tour of life's absurdities. You're going to definitely see that in his humor, where he really blends the right mix of sarcasm, logic, and personality into an amazing stand-up performance. And his creative humor, and as he says in his bio, sardonic style of comedy, really has made him a major favorite for comedy teams throughout the country. He has performed with major comedians, such as Brian Reagan, Ray Romano, Kevin James, Tommy Chang, and Sebastian Maniscalco, as well as at comedy clubs, including the Borgata, BC Improv, Funny Bone, Bananas, Dress Factory, and Helium Club, to name a few. So we're going to talk about some great upcoming shows tonight that he has that you can check him out. But again, you can also hear more about him on, he's on SiriusXM Satellite Radio, and you can pick up his CD titled Joe Bubblewitz, What Did You Expect? And that's available at obub.com. So let's bring him on and start the interview. 
Hey, Karen. How are you? Hey, how wow, are you doing? Sounds pretty impressive. Was that me that you were talking about? Yes, it was you. All of you comedians say that to me, so I'm glad that I can uh, put that out there for you guys. <laughs> hey, you're on you're on speakerphone. Can you hear me, or do I? Uh, can you yeah, hear me? Okay. I can, but if if you if you can prefer not to speak, because that'd be great, just because there might be some feedback. Uh, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, there you go. That's good. It wasn't bad. There it wasn't. You I've go. heard some. I've had some people where it's just like, oh my gosh. But no, that's good. There you go. Yeah, it's so, all in the sound system when you're doing stand-up comedy. That's right. Yeah, whether it's stand-up comedy, music, etc. Right? It's definitely in the sound system. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for that so, uh, that kind intro. That was very nice of you. I think most absolutely. of it's true. <laughs> I, I I think so. From what I've read about you, I did some research. I was spending a lot of time yesterday trying to find some stuff on you. So we're definitely going to have a really interesting interview tonight. So, so when's, when's you, your uh, when's your two when's your two hundred interview? You guys said you're going to be coming up on your two hundredth interview. Yeah, um, congratulations. I either, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's either the next one or the one after that. I know I can't believe awesome. I've done that many. A lot of hard work, but you know, you put in that work, and then things start to come a little more naturally, a little easier. So, yeah, definitely. So thank you, yeah. I appreciate it too. Okay. So let's start a little bit again. As you know, I said I'm a psychologist, but again, we don't, we're not doing therapy on my show. But I really like to get to know who the person is. I mean, we can look at all your YouTube clips, and we're definitely going to play one tonight later in the show. But I like for people to really learn stuff about my guests. I mean, things that you might not hear in other places or read in other places. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where did you specifically grow up in New Jersey? Um, and we'll talk a little bit about your family. It looks like you have a, a lot of siblings from what I read. Yeah, well, I uh, I've been doing comedy for about uh, over 20 years now. I um my first time I went to a show was a place called Jesse's in uh, in Yardville. They used to have comedy okay. on Thursday nights and uh, it was a blast. I I was just I was, you know, as soon as I saw the show, I'm like, wow, this is cool. And I I I, don't, I forget who I talked to after the show, but you know, they gave me some information as far as, you know, how to do open mic nights and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, okay. uh within that like 3 months quick, time Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick, not to interrupt you. I want to. I want to know about you as like a little kid. Are you, are you are you talking about going to the comedy clubs when you were really really young, or this was kind oh, of a little later? Oh no no later? no. Well, no. I was probably I I said you know, I was 26 or 27. So uh, yeah, let's, yeah let's, you know, let's, let's like rest. Let's go back. Uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> For a little bit. <laughs> let yeah, let me we'll sit get, back on the couch yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> yeah no seriously because I think you know I read that you went to college and the corporate world wasn't true and I really want to kind of build up to that point because I'm really curious to see. How did this guy get into comedy? So, you know, as a little kid, you know, really young, you know, four or five, six years old, like, what was it like growing up? Were you someone who was into sports? You know, talk about some of your interests. Um, I know you have a lot of siblings, yeah. like I said. And you talk I played about sports. Played, uh, I played baseball. I played uh, football. Uh, I was a quarterback. I played college football at Elon uh, University in North Carolina. Um, wow! I never, I never really thought I was going to get into stand-up comedy when I was going to college or even in high school. I mean, I always had a sense of humor. I think everybody likes to make people laugh, whether you're five years old or you know twenty or twenty-five years right. old. I, I even notice that with other people is you make them laugh, or and they, or they laugh at you. You're going to make them feel comfortable. If you don't laugh, they're going to be uncomfortable. So if you can get along with somebody, and they, and even if they feel you're funny, it's, it's going to help any conversation in any business that you're in. Um, and that's one thing I noticed early, you know, five when I was five, ten years old. I was always performing, being funny for my my aunts and my uncles from Easter and Christmas and stuff. And 
you know, it developed from there. Like I said, did I know I was going to do stand up comedy? No, I just, uh, you know, I, I think everybody likes, I think everybody likes me making making people laugh. You know. Right, right. And again, growing up, were you in plays at all? I mean, as a little kid in elementary school, were you into anything like acting or performing like that, or it was just kind of more informally with family members, maybe some close friends? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you know, I think if I was pushed into doing theater, I probably would. I might have, but um, you know, other than doing like some, I think I was uh, in, a, in a Christmas play growing up. I think I was part of a talk. It was, it was tick and talk, and I think I was tick, and my buddy was talk. So I would say every other okay. word. Uh, yeah, at a, at a Christmas play. Um, I think I was vixen in another Christmas play. And I liked it, but like I said, it's funny that the light bulb. Like I never told my parents, like, "Hey, I like doing this." Um, you know, maybe I want to do something in the theater. You know, so it right. was making people laugh. But like I said, I guess it wasn't theater, but it was. I mean, comedy's kind of like theater. I think you know, it's a, sure. it's kind of oh, a one man right. operation, but it's definitely theater. It's just you know, you're controlling the whole situation, <laughs> or at least you like to be controlled the whole situation. You know, right, right. And were your parents or anyone in your family? I know you have what? How many siblings? You have four or five. Uh, I got three sisters, and I had one brother, and I'm the youngest. Wow. So, uh, wow. Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, so I was a spoiled brat. Oh, and what did they, just out of curiosity, I mean, again, I don't want to pry, but, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, what do your siblings do for a living? Is anyone in uh, entertainment? My br- yeah, no, my brother's a lawyer. Uh, See, so I gave him a little okay. plug. You, you, you slip on a banana peel, you go talk to my brother, John. Um, <laughs> my sister just, uh, my sister, uh, she was from, uh, she's in South Carolina. She just um, retired from the state about five or six years ago. She's down in South Carolina. Uh, other sister just uh, this year retired from the state, so she's actually looking into going to North Carolina. And uh, my other sister is a massage therapist and a physical therapist. Um, she's been doing that for a couple years so we are pretty you know we're we're all pretty diverse it's funny we're different I mean you you hang out with all of us and you're going to see wow you guys are you guys are related because we're all different you know we all have our own little personalities but I guess they always say that when you have siblings it's like wow you guys are related you're you're totally different yeah I think well I think siblings sometimes you see some commonalities between them but yeah they're usually individualized in in some way or another and what about your parents Joe What what did they do for a living uh, my father worked at General Motors, and my mother okay. stayed at nice. home. And then uh, my father got sick back in, wow, I guess the early 80s. And then my mother went back to work after my father got sick, and she still, she worked for the Division of Motor Vehicle for a while. Um, okay. So, yeah, that was new for her. She was probably, wow, she was probably in her late 40s, early 50s when she went back to work. When right. My father got sick and went on disability. Uh, but she I'm liked it. She enjoyed going, getting back into the. Uh, you know, I think she enjoyed the social, uh, the social aspect of, you know, the work, the work thing, which she was getting back into. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So okay, so going through like you said, school. You're you're doing a little bit of theater. Definitely didn't. Definitely into sports. That definitely seemed like something you were doing. Um, any other entertainment stuff? I mean, were you interested in in writing at all, or you know, any type of music or anything like that, or no? No, it's like I said. It's funny that uh, you know when I graduated, I, my first, I, I graduated Elon, and my first job I started selling cars just because uh, I don't know. My brother mentioned it, and I said, "Yeah, let me give it a shot." And I started selling cars. I was making good money, and I had a brand new car every six months. And uh, so I just I got into the corporate world. After that, I worked for a company uh, in a financing and equipment leasing up in up in Princeton. And uh, like okay. I said, it, 
it didn't really, uh, you know, it's funny how right. I didn't think of doing comedy until I went to that show, um, you know, with one of my buddies just watching a show. And I, I, right. I wish I knew who the guy was and who talked to me, but I don't remember who he, who he was. I, should, I guess I should have known that. That would have been put on board. Right, and we'll get into that in a second. What did you, um, yeah. what did you major in at Elon University? Uh, sports management, which was pretty oh, much okay. like a physical education degree with a minor in business and economics. Um, okay, and what was your plan? Did you want to go into anything like that? or? You know, I was going into, uh, I, I was hitting a lot of um, gyms and uh, like Holiday Spa, I think was the name of that one there, you know, just to get into management. But, um, okay. You know, I, I, I the more I spoke with people there, it's funny. After I graduated, I realized like I don't know if that's something I wanted to do. You know, even right. if I got my degree. <laughs> um, so I kind of pursued my secondary, my economics. I got into finance. Um, I'm actually a financial broker now. I've been doing both for you know comedy and financial broken for about two year, about twenty years. So Very I started cool. doing that. Um, you know, that was kind of the climax. Why, well, like I said, we'll get to that as far as. Uh, that that yeah, time so frame where. So real quick, so some of the stuff you did before you started to really get into comedy was you were selling cars. Any other interesting types of work you were doing in the corporate world? Um, no, like I said, I, I you know what, what the finance business. A guy talked to me, and I just you know I the the um, the car business was good because it actually I enjoyed it. It was it's it's a good. Um, to me, it was it was an education on how to read people. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't the most prestigious job, but you know, I was good at it and I liked doing cool. it. But then it just you know the hours were crazy. I didn't like the. It started to get on my nerves, and I realized you know what I think I wanted to get back more in the corporate world. I mean, I did go. I did have an education. I wanted to get into something like that, and that's when I uh, a buddy might have talked about getting my broker's license and you know doing investments. Um, and cool. that's kind of what I made a little you know a little U turn. And I, you know, I, I got my Series 63 and 65, and it's all your securities license, and you know, started started selling investment products. Um, about the same time I was doing comedy, I was doing both. Right, right. Um, right about so the same that's, time. Um, so that's, that's congratulations with all that stuff you've accomplished with <laughs> the financial broker career. Um, let's digress now. Yeah. So your friend, this is when you said you're kind of in your early 20s. Your friend says, I guess let's go out to a comedy club. But you guys were just going to watch people. Yeah, just uh, it's a place called Jesse's okay. in Yardville. They, uh, you know, it was a Thursday night. We went there, and I wish I knew the comic was, but he was really funny. And uh, you know, I, I might have been the second Thursday. I might have even went by myself because I don't know if my buddies like they could make it. And I, I talked to the comic after the show, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And it, comedy in the late '80s was hopping. Like there was a lot of shows right. all over the place. Like, um, right? It's 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 good now, but it was really good in the '80s, where you know you could work. There was Tuesday shows, there was Thursday shows at one nighters, and there were it was a lot better money, and it was really hopping then. So um, that's when I decided to I'm like, you know, I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, there's you know, there's open mics in Philly. You go to New York, like he hit me a couple other places, which were like within an hour vicinity of where I lived. And he says, right. you know, develop a five minute bit. A lot of these people are open mic nights. They'll give you three to five minutes. Um, you know, give it a shot. So uh, cool. That's what I did. Yeah. So I just, you know, it took me about three months, to, and I was just working on my act internally. I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. I, I kind of kind of kept it a secret. Um, you know, for a while, I just went in my room. You know, and, <laughs> you know, held up a brush and started talking in the mirror for a little while. That's how I developed my, you and know, my, my five real, minutes. Real quick, Joe, as you're talking about this, where did you get 
you know, kind of that confidence. I'm sure even a confidence, you know, 100% right away. But, you know, comedy, I can see. It's, to me, it's fascinating because it, it's such a, I don't know, it's just this knack that these people have, like you guys have. You know what I mean? You're writing and stuff. To me, it's just, I don't know, it's very creative. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like your your brain has to work in a certain way. So did you naturally pretty much have a knack for, you know, writing right away? Or was it something you really had to work at? Well, the first time, uh, you know, the first time I got on stage um, was at the Comedy Works in Philadelphia, and you know, I was nervous as hell. I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you could know it or not, but I was nervous as hell. I mean, the term knee knocking, my knees were actually knocking. They were actually. I was wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and part of my, I was like, why are you doing? Like, you're, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, you're ready to have a nervous right. break. <laughs> like, you could just walk <laughs> out the door and go, you know what? Never mind. I'm just gonna go home. This was stupid. Uh, yeah, but but I, I got it. up on stage, and it was tough. I mean, I, I didn't do very well. Um, you know, the open mic night they had in Philly, it was a regular show on a Wednesday, which was an hour and a half, and then they would have, like, 20 comics, and they would do five minutes each. And basically, you would, you know, if you got a number 18 slot, that means you had an hour and a half show, and then you had 17 comics doing five minutes in front of you, and then you were the 18th comic. And that's about oh where gosh. I was on the slot. Like I, it was, yeah. And the, there was probably, you know, seven people in the audience. You know, a couple of them were probably homeless because it was cold outside. I mean, it was like that. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, hey, this guy, we're ready for this guy. You know, it was. So it was like, wow. You know, but uh, I kept on going. I just, you know, I, there was a couple of people that gave me some encouragement. They said, you're a little nerdy. You got to slow down. You had some funny stuff. Just, you know, try this. And, you know, you, you're when you when you do when you start doing this. The best thing to do is not to have an attitude, but just to have a sponge for people that are mm-hmm. in this business and listen to them. Because if somebody exactly. is good and they want and they want to, then they see potential. You you want to listen to these people because I try and do that too. I mean, I've been doing it for twenty years, and I'm not you know God or an expert, but every so often I'll see people with a lot of talent, and they're early in their career, and they you can tell like, wow, this guy can you know you need to be pruned and and, and updated and and do this, but he's you can tell he has it. You know, um, wow. and I think maybe a couple of people did that with me too. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they, they give you work and they, if they see you do okay, they'll give you a shot and they'll give you, that's why I started doing some open mics and they were giving me some MC work or I, or some guest spots where I could do five or 10 minutes in front of regular crowds as opposed to open mic night. Because a lot of times when you're in an open mic night, you know, it's like, okay, this guy's just trying it out. He might not be any good. You know, you go to a regular show, people are paying they're expecting to see a right. comedy show because right. they're paying. It's a regular so, show. And again, I'm not that educated, but you know, I know some people. I know some comedians. Did you have to do anything like bringer shows, or I don't, I don't know if it's bringer bragger. There's like a few yeah, things. Yeah, you know that that, that kind of took uh, that kind of took life of its own. I don't want to say how long ago, but I, luckily I didn't have to do that. I know it sounds um, like you did, and I'm not a big good. and I'm not a big fan of it. But I mean, I guess I, I don't know from a business perspective if you're the owner. You know, I understand you got to pay the bills and bring people in to have some drinks. So, to an extent, I understand that. Um, but like from a from a comedic perspective, ah, it's like you know, what if I want to you know drive an hour? I don't you know my my friends are going to have to drive an hour to go somewhere to so I could have ten people in the audience so I could do five minutes. It's you know, I, right. I understand both sides. I guess maybe because of the business aspect, I understand it. the talent aspect. I'm like, boy, that's you know, I'm not too crazy about that. So, right, you know, I could, right. I could debate that either way than my own head, you know. But, yeah, luckily I never had to do that. I always had, you know, nice. people would go to uh, – and, and I had people come into shows with me. Like, don't get me wrong. They they just didn't have to, didn't have to come. But, 
they were kind of you know uh, fans of mine and, and friends of mine, and they encouraged me to go once they knew what I was, they knew what I was doing, you know. Right, and it sounds like from what you're saying, I mean, which is really cool to hear. And I mean, not that it's today, but maybe you can comment because you've been doing this for 20 years now. But it sounds like there were some supportive people that really were taking you under your wing, and and you didn't have this kind of arrogance about you. And you were, like you said, you were a sponge. You're listening to them. You're absorbing what they're saying. Whereas today, you know, I hear a lot of stories where it's it's, it's very competitive, um, you know, and cutthroat, so to speak, and, and not for everyone. But, you know, comment a little bit on that, maybe in terms of the time being a little different, and what is your perception of how, you know, the comedy circuit and, and comedy is today? Yeah, uh, you know what? I mean, I make a joke with some of my friends who have been in the business <laughs> for a long time, and, you know, you get these young guys like, you know, well, do you have any words of encouragement? I'm like, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Because it is probably a lot. I would think it's a lot tougher now. I mean, it's well, yeah. you know, I say tougher, but also we didn't have social media 20 years ago. Like I couldn't, you know, I have right. some YouTube clips and I have stuff, and it, it is a little easier for me who doesn't know someone who doesn't know me and go, hey, we're thinking of booking you. Um, do you have any stuff? And I could just, yeah, you go to my website. I got YouTube clips. I got stuff, and they can see me and they can see my schedule and right. they can see stuff. 20 years ago. You know, they'd have to go. You know, who who do you know? It's like, all right, let me make, let me call this guy Tom. Let me call this guy Bob and see if what they, right. you know. So they'd have to actually do some, you know, physical legwork um, and call people and go, do you know this guy? Is he any good? Has he done, any, you know? Well, I don't think anybody does it anymore. I think most people just, you know, it's a little comedy grapevine. Most of the people that you are, are in the business know people. You know, it's uh, it, every so often you'll get somebody like I never heard of this guy before. Who is he? And they'll, you know, bring him up the ranks if he's good. But for the most part, it's. Everybody knows everybody. I mean, you know, I, I know so many people in this business after doing it for 20 years. Some I work for, some I don't work for, but I still know them, you know, and they know you. Right, it's just, right. It's great fun, you know. So, and I think, and like you said, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you've worked with some, you know, amazing comedians, and it, it's great that you've had these opportunities, too, because it's really helped push your career, you know what I mean, in terms of people helping each other out. Can you share any stories? Again, without, if you don't want to give names, but any interesting, I mean, you've worked with some, you know, pretty, you know, big national act, so to speak, and, you know, how did you meet some of these people? Was it just you being in the right place at the right time? Um, yeah, probably. Sebastian you know, Scalco and Kevin James and... Yeah, Sebastian was the latest one. I mean, he, I don't know if, I mean, most people probably know him. If they don't, they're going to hear of me. I actually, I believe he's just getting a sitcom now. Uh, somebody told me uh, that he, he just got a sitcom. Um, great. He took off. He did a Showtime special last year. I worked with him probably a week before he did his, his Showtime special, and he was already big. And then he just took off after the Showtime special. So um, I got great exposure with him. He was, I mean, he was great enough to give me some work. He, you know, we kind of hit it off, and he gave me some work. So I worked with him at the Borgata. We did three sold-out shows there. We did six shows at Helium uh, in Philly. I did 12 shows with him at Bananas up in North Jersey. So, you know, I was exposed and to probably 15,000 people, um, you know, in a matter of three months. And how did you um, – okay, I'm always curious. How did you meet him? Like, you know what I mean? I'm always uh, curious about, you know, how did we get – is it just you were out of the club and you kind yeah, of you know what, my, to introduce yourself? Yeah, Allie, my stepdaughter, had called me and said, I want to go see this guy, uh, Sebastian. Do you know anybody at Helium? You know, she wanted to get tickets. And okay. I said, yeah, I could, you know, I made some phone calls. And then I, um, Dennis Miller, uh, his brother Rich Miller, books the club at Helium. And I said, you know, uh, you know, if she gets tickets, da 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 da. Next thing you know, I said, no, I said, you know, I, I was open that weekend and he was there. I go, do you have it? You know, do you have the feature spot open? I said, I'm open that weekend. So he said, yeah, if you want it, it's yours. So that's, it was just a, 
you know, wow. basically a, a luck of the draw that uh, she called me, I mm-hmm. called him, he was open, and there you go. And that was the first show I did with him. We did six sold-out shows there, um, and it was great. I mean, he, he has great audiences. He's a fantastic act. I mean, to push him, I don't think he needs any pushes. He's, I mean, he's huge right now. But, um, you know, and he's a great guy. And he, so he gave me some work. I mean, he, we, we kind of hit it off. We, I did the Borgata with him, and then we did Bananas. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time. You know, you, you just work right. with somebody, and they like you, and they help you out, and they'll give you some exposure. And I do the same thing. I'm obviously not on that level with he, where he's at. But, um, you know, when I headline of shows, I'll, I'll try and bring some with me or if I need somebody or if I you know if I need to get out of a gig I'll call somebody that I know that may not be in a club that I know is funny and I go hey listen I can't do this but I got this guy that can do it so it's you know the regular the business aspect of just you know helping other people you know um, right definitely so let's talk a little bit and then we'll we'll check out um one of the clips that I, I have for people to listen to tonight let's talk a little bit about you know your writing style and, and what some of the what are some of the things that do interest you because I mean, I I love the stuff that I saw on the YouTube list, you know, the low-flying aircraft, which is one we're going to listen to tonight. The relationship stuff is great. I mean, I I love people who, especially what you do, when you just kind of pick, like, mundane everyday things that people go through, but the skin you put on it is just is very, you know, very intelligent. So talk a little bit about, you know, where do you pull from when you're getting inspired to, you know, write material? Um, you know, a lot of stuff happens on a bar napkin and that's where it's, that's where it's infancy started. I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'll just see something or I think of something and it's, 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 sometimes it's, it needs to be developed, but I just need to write it down because the next morning I'm like, you know, what the hell was I thinking? I'm like, I don't know what I wrote down. So nowadays I'm always carrying something and I just write down a thought, you know, about right. whatever. Um, and then the next morning, when I have time to write, I'll just develop it. And some of it's easy. Some takes some is some stuff is easy to develop, and they're quick. Some of them are like I know there's funny, but I just need to work at it. And a lot of times, you just did like, a couple comics. Um, I forget who said this, but you just try a, a, a joke three times on stage, different ways before how you know it's going to work and how you say it right. Okay. Because a lot like Jerry Seinfeld was the master of editing. I I mean, love he, him. he wrote. And wrote and wrote, and I mean, he, and when you wrote, you write more, you write more, and that's how you, you know, a lot of this stuff. Like, oh, wow, he just comes off the top of his head. Probably not. Like some of the stuff can be, um, but most mm-hmm. of it is you're opening up a book and you're writing and you're editing and you're changing that word and you're right. moving things around, and that's the way you know a finely crafted joke is is established or started and ended. You know. Um, right. So it's you know I mean I'm looking at my I have notebooks that I just write down. Um, you know I have little cue cards and a lot of times if I'll just uh, if I have a bit I'll try and uh, you know if I do a new bit my biggest thing now is where do I put that new bit? In other words, okay I can't just you know just throw it out right. there because it's a one minute bit. But I, where where can I put that at so that way I can segue from you know soup to nuts and people go oh he didn't even we, we didn't even realize he was jumping around because he kind of segued from relationships into right, driving right. a car and sort of having a kid and like you know it's that way you don't look like you're jumping around so right. um, a lot of it's just I, that's a funny joke now where do I put it and a lot of times mm-hmm. that's uh, you know Eric Lydon's a buddy of mine he's a comic We he he lives in the city now in New York and uh, he, he, he grew up in my area we used to write a lot together and it was it was good because he was he was good about setting up jokes I was good at ending jokes so a lot of times I would tell him a okay. joke <laughs> and I would go, okay, how do you start it? <laughs> like, and he would start it for me. Like, okay, there you go. And he would be the same thing. Like, he would say something. I go, that's funny. Like, you didn't even you said something. You don't even know it's funny. 
And I'll say this. Right. So, you know, it, it helps to write with people that you have good chemistry with and you trust. That's cool. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, you it's a cool process. Right, you don't want people stealing your stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's a really, it's a very cool process. I mean, I sometimes I like just sitting around for an hour and just, you know, writing. Uh, and, and the first five minutes are it's like starting an old car. Once you you got to open up the book, you got to start writing stuff. And then once you start writing, you go, oh, there you go, write that. Hey, that word that word fits in that joke that I was thinking three days ago. Ba, 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 you know. Um, nice. Did you ever um, Joe take any? You know, did you ever go to any like comedy? You know, I don't want to say you know teaching seminars or courses, did you ever do anything like that or no? And, and what is no. your impression of people who host that type of stuff? Boy, you know, I mean, I, I've never done it. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you know, okay. I, being that I've never done it, I don't want to, I don't want to you know, degrade it because well, you who knows, it, it might but... work for somebody. I mean, I, right. I, I mean, people that that are pretty successful in business, I don't think they've ever, that I know, friends that I know that have never done that. But once again, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could help people. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I never did it. I think my biggest thing was just watching other comics because you develop your own persona and your own style, but you could still, yeah, everybody has, you know, you talk to any famous comic and they're going to go, who's your favorite? And they're going to have their own favorite. And and they probably influence them some way, whether it be their style or just, you know, humor or whatever. But there's always right. people that are going to go, hey, this guy, you know, this is why I got into comedy or this is why. And it's kind of their protege, you know, so. It varies. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and speaking about, I mean, it, that is a kind of generic question, but, you know, when you were starting out and, like you said, you were kind of just really getting interested in comedy, did you ever watch any specific comics on TV or listen to people on the radio? Did you have any, you know, people while you were breaking into it that inspired you? And, and if so, you know, who are those people? Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I, I When I got into comedy, I didn't watch a lot of comedy. Um, I mean, when I was okay. growing up, I loved I loved Steve Martin, um, mm-hmm. you know Rodney Dangerfield. That's obviously going back a ways, but you know uh, Richard Pryor, um, and, and none of those three have my style, but they were funny and they had their way of doing things. Um, there was a lot of comics that you know when I got into business, they would mention somebody's name like I should know them, and I go I don't know. And like somebody told me I look like somebody. Um, I'll say the name Jake Johansson. Off you know Jake. Jake's been on the Tonight Show. 20 times, probably 25 times. I mean, okay. you know, L.A., very established comic. And people say, I look like him. And I go, I didn't really know who he was. Um, and they laughed. I'm like, well, I just, I don't watch <laughs> I don't watch a lot of comics, you know. I don't know if that was good right. or bad, but I didn't. Lo and behold, I worked with Jake several times since then. Um, I could see the, you know, I could see the similarities with us. We're both tall, um, you know, different styles of comedy. But, you know, I, I could see that I look like him now because I met him and I work with him, you know. Um, okay. So some comics probably watch more comics than others. I didn't, um, other than the people that I work with. You know, when I work with people, like I said, just I observe their style. I observe the way they did things and how they handled themselves. And you know, um, and like I said, a lot of it was helping other comics. You know, Jimmy Norton. I throw out names, but you know, when I, I started mm-hmm. with Jimmy Norton a long time ago, if you know Jimmy, he, Jimmy's big. Nice. Jimmy's yeah. great. I know. Jimmy him. wrote. I have an, Jimmy. I'd love to Jim, interview him. I have not. Um, but yeah, no, I've seen him perform. Yeah, I've seen him before once. He's really good, definitely. He's, you know what? When I when I went back in a long time ago, and we were doing, you know, we were both opening up, starting out and stuff. He was in the back. A lot of people were, you know, drinking and having fun. After he, when he wasn't on stage, he was writing. 
just he worked, man. He whatever he did, he honed his craft and he worked hard, and that's probably why he's where he is because he works hard at what he does. Mm -hmm. And you know that's you know Jerry Seinfeld. Like there's a reason people are where they're at. I think you know a lot of these people that are very successful in comedy. You know, Um, you know, and Jimmy Norton. It's funny when I when I was doing some open mics, and this was, like I said, going back 20, 25 years ago, he he came up to me and he goes, um, he goes, Bubblewitz. He goes, that's your last name. He goes, you realize how screwed up your last name? He goes, why don't you do anything about that? And a light bulb went <laughs> on in my head, and the next the next week, you know, open mic night, I got there on a Tuesday, and I did stuff about my name, and it killed. And right. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, so sometimes some the, the obvious is staring you right in front of you. And they don't even, and it's know, like somebody has can. to tell you. Right. Yeah, you, they, yeah. They, they're they okay. telling you. It's like, why don't you just try this? Like, you don't say it, but somebody else does. You know, and I, so I, I, I never do? forget that. He said, you know, Bubblewitz. I go, and it's true. I, my last name is Bubblewitz. How screwy is that? I mean, who has a name like Bubblewitz? Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so what did, what, did you do for, what did you do for some bits? Because I wanted to. I'm glad you brought that up because I probably would have forgot. I was thinking about it in the beginning of the interview. But, yeah, it is a funny last name, and I can't imagine maybe some of the stuff you dealt with as a kid with that last name. But what types of stuff did you do for your bit with the uh, comedy well, like, with your last name? This this is a crack. That I, and like I said, this is, there's, it's funny. I, we're, we're bringing back stuff when I was in open mic. This this freaked me out, but I, I did something. I wasn't sure if it was going to be funny. So I went up on stage, and you know, and, and there was probably you know, 20, 25 people in the audience. Not, it was, like I said, it was an open mic night. And they brought me up. They go, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Joe Bubblewitz. So I went up there and I went, I went, <laughs> I go, Joe Bubblewitz. I go, I never realized how weird that name sounds. Joe. <laughs> and everybody was hysterical. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just a simple, you know, but that's how I usually open up my show. And I'll be honest with you, if they laugh at that, I know it's going to be a good show. If they don't, then it's like, all right, these people need a workbook. <laughs> right, right. They're not. They're too uh, they're too literal yeah. and concrete in their thinking. Right, right. right. It's like they don't like I didn't get it. I'm like oh my, you know. And it's and it's funny. Like I'll do it and it'll kill most of the time. Sometimes it's like they don't, you know. It's like oh, they just don't get it. Go, yeah, they don't get it. But ninety percent of the time, it's a, you know. So it's just a simple, you know, simple joke like that I wrote. <laughs> and it's funny when I wrote it, I go, is that funny? Like I'm sure a lot of comics do. Like they write something and go, like they doubt themselves. Oh, is that funny? I don't know. Well, you got to try it. You don't know unless you try it. So right. that's kind of a ballsy thing to do. It's like I said, a lot. That's what comedy is. Sometimes is you, you know, you're going in front of a hundred people, you're going to say something, and it may not be funny, and you think it's funny, and you're going to go, well, ah, right, let me erase that. That wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you know, right. I spent a half. I spent a half hour writing that, and I just wasted a half hour of these people's time. You know, it's like, oh my god. Oh, so a lot of trial and error, like you said, and really absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, break it. But the older you, I think, the more seasoned as a comic you get, you should be able to know. You know, you should be able to do less of that and go. That's funny. That's not funny. You know, when you're starting out, you might be doing eight out of thing, eight out of ten things that aren't funny. But you, you don't want to be doing that when you're 20 years in a business. You should pretty much have a good idea that that's going to be funny. You know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, let's do this while we're talking about some of your comedy. Let's uh, let's check out the low-flying aircraft, and um, I'll put you on hold for a couple of minutes while we check that out, and then we'll come back and yeah, talk about more of what's in store for you in the future, and of course, upcoming shows and all that good stuff. All right, and just you know, think about in your head too: is there anything specific? You know, some funny stories. Or I love when people you know just share stories about their careers, whether it's people they've met or things they've experienced. 
I know you talk a lot about maid service. I've when I was doing my research on you, you do make comments about that. So I don't travel a lot, so I would like to hear what your experiences have been with maid service. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. That stuff up. All right. <laughs> so I'll All just right. kind of food for thought, and I'll put you on All the right. show. Okay. Sounds All right. Good. Thanks. Okay. All right, everyone. The comedian Joe Bubblewitz, who is on the air right now, he's put on hold. You can check him out at joebub.com for upcoming shows and much more with him. So we're going to check out one of his bits. It's called Low Flying Aircraft. You can check it out on YouTube. He's got a bunch of other clips too, and I highly recommend you go there and see what he's up to, and then especially go to see him live. All right, here we go. Joe Bubble. Joe. Now I can't even pronounce his name. Joe Bubblewitz with the Low Flying Aircraft bit. Once you're traveling, I uh, got back out to do a private show in uh, Atlantic City last week. I took the back road there, 539 South, not familiar with that road. I'm at a red light, there's a sign on the side of the road. It said, caution, low flying aircraft. That's exactly how low are these planes flying. I'm driving a car, I shouldn't have to worry about running into an airplane. I'm no air traffic controller, but if you're flying a plane and you hit a car, that's too low. <laughs> Back into the friendly skies. How does that work out? What is the pilot get on the intercom? Hello, folks. This is your captain speaking. Looks like we're going to be leveling off at an altitude of about 13 feet. <laughs> if you look outside your window, you can see the eyes of terror and Joe Bubblewitz. <laughs> it is priceless. Enjoy your peanuts. Big fan of flying. Nine eleven didn't help my situation out. They always try to put your mind at ease with those little pre-flight announcements. You know, in case of emergency, your seat can be used as a flotation device. Let me tell you something. We're catapulting to the ground at 500 miles an hour. That flotation device is going to be used as a diaper. Let me shit my pants. <laughs> uh, we'll see how boring they get. I'm done with it. Uh, <laughs> And, of course, as you're going down, have to make sure your seat's in the upright position. I like there's a strong correlation between airplane crash survivors and fucking good posture. (laughs) This is your captain speaking. We are going down in flames. Sit up straight. (laughs) God forbid you have third-degree burns and scoliosis. (laughs) That would be horrific. All right, everyone, Joe Bubblewitz, and there you got a taste of his comedy. It's really good stuff. So, again, I highly recommend going to his website, joebub.com. Check him out on YouTube, and be sure to definitely get to one of his live stand-up acts to see him perform. All right, let's bring him back on. Hey, that guy's pretty funny. Yeah, he was. I like it. I, I mean, it was it's really good. Like I said, when I found out who you were, I right away went to YouTube and I was really curious to see what your stand-up was about and yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I love the part where you're talking about the, the posture and the correlation between that and I mean, it's just, it's great. It's very, yeah. and I like your humor too, Joe, because it's very intelligent too. It's not just kind of, you know, just everyday type of humor. It's, you really tie in a lot of other stuff so it really shows that, you know, you have an intellect involved with it too. Really cool. I try, Good I job. try. You try. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, I'm actually going to be yeah. back at that club, uh, Helium. That was actually the club that I just got done. I did the, uh, I did the, 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 that was about two, I think two years ago I did that, and uh, I'll be there back in April. Any Philly people, I'll be back at uh, Helium Comedy Club April 14th, 15th, and 16th, working with John Lovitz. Very cool. Yeah, so awesome. little Philly, little Philly yeah. helium plug there. There you go, definitely. Yeah, plug as much as you want while we're talking, absolutely. <laughs> um, and if you want to talk now, I mean, you're talking about some of the shows you have coming up. I know you have a bunch in New Jersey, so, you know, yeah, throw a couple out now there, too, and we can also throw them out at the end if you want. Yeah, I'm actually, um, what do I got coming up? I finally got a local show because I live in central New Jersey, and I have a lot of people asking when I'm playing local, and it's been a while, and mm-hmm. I try and limit how many times I'm doing local shows, but uh, have you ever been to Grounds for Sculpture? Yeah, it's I've in, never uh, been there, but Hamilton. like I know of it. Right, I yeah, know it's of really it, cool. It's a there. really cool place. They have a lot of like landscape um, architecture and stuff. It's really cool. But they have a um, they're they're starting to do comedy there, and I think they've done a couple shows. So March 11th, which is next Friday, the following Friday, I'm going to be there uh, at Rats Comedy. Well, it's not a comedy club, but it's at Rats Restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. And the last time I checked, I think they were almost sold out. So that's a good thing. Um, they only All have right, everyone, get your left. tickets. Yeah. yeah so if you're going to rap, you get your tickets. And you might already be. Uh, you already might be out. I don't know. Um, where am I going this week? I'm actually working at another a, a winery, which is kind of cool, uh, at Old York mm-hmm. Cellars in Ringo's, New Jersey, this Saturday. Um, cool. I think that I think that show is already sold out. Um, Very nice. So let's. Yeah, so I'm plugging, shows that already, I'm, I'm plugging shows that are already sold out, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Who are you performing with this um, weekend at the one in Ringo's? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm headlining the show, you know? so I don't know who I'm working oh, okay. with. Uh, you know, Normally, when I'm headlining, okay. I don't know who I'm working with. Um, like I said, right. I, know, I know John Lovitz is headlining at Helium. That's in April. Um, and then you have... You're at the Brew at the Comedy Club, Club, Comedy in, Hartford, Club in Hartford, Connecticut. That's on the 18th and 19th. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in a couple weeks. Um, what else? I uh, I don't have a Borgata date schedule. I usually work there once or twice a year. I'll probably be there the second half of this year. That's always a great club, working in Atlantic City at the Borgata. That's a cool place. Cool. Um, any, um, I, any coming up at the Stress Factory? I know you've done some you know what? In the past. Yeah, I I like working there because it's, it's nice. It's only like forty minutes from my house, so it's back and forth because uh, the traveling mm-hmm. kind of drives me crazy these days. So um, I had nothing on schedule, but I'm hoping to get there. You know, a date sometime this year. Um, it's probably been a couple yeah. years since I've been there. Um, you know, okay. Vinny. I'm friends with Vinny. He's the owner. He's mm-hmm. he yeah. runs a tight ship. He he runs. He does a great job of running the comedy club over there. He he's the owner and he runs the place. A lot of these other places are not. Um, you know, their their franchises. You know, Vinny has his own place and he's uh he's he's doing well over there. So it's a great club. But I think you I guess you've been there. I've been there, um, trying to think. At least once I saw oh my gosh, I can't I can see him in my head right now, I just can't think of his name. <laughs> he he had like a show on like Howard one hundred at like eleven o'clock at night. I just I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Greg Fitzsimmons, that's who it was. Oh yeah, I work with I work with Greg a couple times. He's funny. He's okay. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, that uh, was, he's a good that guy. Was, that was a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's the only one I saw there. But you're right; it's it's a very well run club. I don't know Vinny personally, but I think I did meet him when I was there that night. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice club. I like it a lot. I do. Yeah, he's uh, he's hands on. Cool. Well, there's a couple of people I think you interviewed. Did you? Uh, I think you said you interviewed Joe Matarese. 
Yes, Jim Reese. Yeah, because I know I think Joe was there. Tom Pot, Tom Potter yeah. was there. I think you would, uh, So there's a couple of people that you interviewed mm-hmm. that that have been there. You know, they're probably still working Definitely. there. Yeah. Definitely. So what's your what's your thing with traveling these days? You said you're kind of uh, not doing as I much. Hate, I hate traveling. <laughs> I've been I've been doing it for 20 years, and um, I, I actually just you know I'm I'm not I don't like traveling anymore. That's just pretty much it. But that you know yeah, with comedy that comes with territory. You have to travel. You know. Right. Um, right. Luckily, I work. But reflecting I back, more. when you used to travel more, what were some of the things I guess maybe that frustrated you so to speak or you know speak is, is there anything entertaining you know that you can kind of throw in there just some funny things that happened to you while you're traveling and, and these days you're just kind of done with it or i don't party as much as i used to but when i used to i would probably come home late at night in my hotel room and i would make sure i would always put the do not disturb sign on my door and for some reason a lot of people would always take it off and then the maid would come <laughs> in at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> And, and I don't I don't need to be up to like 7 p.m. because I have a 9 p.m. Right. show, so there's no reason for me to get off at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning and clean my there room. There you go. So uh, that used to yeah. drive me a little crazy. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I okay. sleep better in hotel rooms than I do at my own house. It's weird. I, you know, I, I just bought a house with my fiancé about three or four months ago, and um, yeah, when I'm on the road, I sleep better in my hotel room than I do at my own house. I don't know why, because I'm used to it. I'm used to sleeping in hotels. I don't know, but yeah, don't think of that one. It's crazy. Right. And and with all the comedy, you know, performances you do, do you basically book all your own shows, or do you have a manager or someone that assists no, you? No, I don't have a I don't have a manager. I, mean, I go through different agencies that book me. Okay. Um, you know, just because I have a relationship with them and. Um, you know, when I book shows, sometimes I'll produce shows here and there. And, you know, I'll book my own, uh, you know, my friends of mine. You know, they say produce a show. It's easy for me because I know a lot of comics. And it's just a matter of making mm-hmm. a couple phone calls. I mean, I know who's funny and who's not funny. And so making those phone right. calls and putting those shows <laughs> together are pretty easy. I think I'm doing, you know, like May. I think I'm doing a show, like a fundraiser. I don't even know where it's at. Is it May or April? Um just for some, you know, that, that's another thing. A lot of comics who are doing fundraisers seems to be pretty big. Like a lot of people would do different, like, um, venues to raise money uh, for, like, softball mm-hmm. teams or baseball teams. And a lot of people think comedy. It's great because we're, we're low maintenance. We we don't need, uh, you know, we don't need to bring any stereo equipment. We go in, we make people laugh, they make money, we make money, and everybody's happy. So uh, I just booked a couple of them in May, uh, which would be pretty cool. I forget off the top of my head. I think they're down in South Jersey, Chesterfield, Bordentown. Um, okay. And most people of them can are, always don't, kind of, don't you know don't feel bad. People can always go to your website, right, and they can see all your yeah. upcomings that you have. Yeah, I'm usually like I said, I'm I'm pretty much targeting the Northeast every so often. If I you know get a wild hair up my you know what I'll I'll go on and go somewhere else. But um, like I said, there's enough. Luckily, I live in New Jersey where there's enough within a two or three hour radius where there's a lot of clubs. It's not like I live in Ohio, you know. I mean. Uh, right. <laughs> well, there's a lot of clubs in Ohio. I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of good clubs in Ohio, but you know, I could drive within one or two hours, and I'm hitting a lot of clubs. You know, within the, north, right. the, north, the northeast. You know. Right. Do you perform? Do you do so, any in the city in New York? I used to. Once again, you know, early in my career, I used to go in the city a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Carolines, but uh, I just don't. Um, 
I don't have the time or energy to go into the city anymore. Um, it's uh, right. I'm 50. It's, it's a young guy's game. A lot of these guys are going to the city, and but they're you know they're trying to establish themselves. There's a lot of guys that are just trying sure. to you know get some get some time in the in the city, and um, you know not to say I don't need that because you know when I got it in the late 80s, you could basically get something in the city, and you know there were there were uh, agents in there that like they saw you whether you were funny or not, they might have had that look where, you know, uh, Kramer on Seinfeld. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure he got, was probably at a comedy club, and they, said, they saw that quirky guy and go, you know what, I don't know how well he did on stage, up. but he, they picked him up because he had that look. Um, and and right. a lot of times it was just a matter of being at the right time in the city or in L.A. Um, nowadays, I don't think mm-hmm. that's as prevalent. I, I don't think people are going to notice you like they did 20 years ago. I'm not to say they won't, but well, I, think I think it was more prevalent 20 years ago. It's just a different time, like you said, I think in terms of, unfortunately, with social media and all this other stuff going on and, you know, people trying to promote themselves and put their stuff out there. Yeah, I think even look at the music industry. I mean, look at what it was like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. I mean, bands can't make any money off of CDs today or, you know, iTunes. It's it's through the touring. It's through the merchandise, you know. So I think, unfortunately, for a lot of different areas of entertainment, it's just it's just a different world and you really need to be creative. You know, if you want to, like you said, make a go with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have a I have a CD uh, that I sell, um, and you could download mm-hmm. it. But uh, you know, ninety ninety five percent of my sales are after the show. People come up and go, "Hey, you know," and they, you know, and I'll, I'll sign the CD for them, and uh, they have a CD for me. So I mean, you know, every so often you'll get a crazy like, you know, last year, the Salt Lake City, Utah library downloaded my CD. Uh, for the okay. Salt Lake City, so I'm like, all right, I've never been to Utah. I'm not, you know, Salt Lake City. I don't know. Maybe I'm big, you know, I'm a big following in the Mormon industry. Cool. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, like I said, the, the one thing good is people just kind of search, and the next thing you know, they're picking stuff up from you, and that could be in Australia, California, New Jersey. It doesn't matter. So it's good, right. bad. Uh, you know, anybody can notice you just sitting in their living room and just kind of, you know. Uh, you know, pick you up on on the on YouTube or whatever. But you know, the one thing I I I I tell people is a, a live comedy show is not like sitting in your bedroom watching, you know, a, a show. It's you not. should always no. a live. Sh- there's nothing like a live show. You're with people. It's live. They're laughing. There's energy. Um, there's usually stuff that's going to be said that's off the cuff that 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 you're going to miss. So I'm always telling people, if you're listening, go see a live comedy show. You don't have to go see me, but go see a live comedy show. It's a lot better. I agree. I agree. I've been yeah. to a lot of different shows. And it's it just the experience, like you said. I mean, just watching the person live, they might do some crowd work. I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely much more entertaining than just watching something on an HBO special or something like that. I right. definitely agree right. with that. So, um, so are you still on Sirius XM? Do you do anything on the radio? And and what did you use to uh, the You know, radio? they. Uh, I I guess they still play. I mean, I don't listen. To, I don't listen to the. Com- I don't listen to the comedy channel a lot. To be honest with you. Okay. Um, I so wasn't on, on it. I guess I'm still on it. I don't know. I mean, they. You know, I know. I definitely had people calling me up and go, "Hey, I heard you on the radio," and I go, oh, "That's great." You know, so I, I guess they're still playing it. Um, you know. Okay. But so it wasn't um, like I want to get some free- a radio show. You weren't like a talk show host or something. You were literally. On the comedy channel, where they play people doing the stand-up. They just play, yeah. They just play stand-up bits, right? Right. right. Cool. So, so, what else do you like to do for fun outside of comedy and working as a stockbroker? Not a stock. I'm sorry, a financial broker. I just got engaged. Did I tell you that? I know. Congratulations. January first. Yeah. yeah we wow. Uh, is this your? I think it was time. Is this your first? Going to be your first? Uh, My first. Engagement yeah. slash marriage. 
my my wow. second my second engagement, my first marriage. <laughs> okay, all right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been together for like five years, Joanne. She's great. Okay. We have a good time. She's uh, There's a lot of similarities between us. She's actually the youngest of five. I'm the youngest of five. Um, she has she has three brothers and one sister. I have three sisters and one brother. Um, <laughs> both of them. You know, it's just weird stuff. Like her her college roommate's last name was Williamson. My la- my college roommate was was Williamson. Um, she has a brother named John who's ten years older than me. I have a brother John who's ten years older than me. Like a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird stuff yes. going on there. Wow. And if you don't yeah, mind, so, what, is, what does she do? What does she do? For uh, she sells real estate. Uh, she works okay. for Myers Real Estate in uh, in Central Jersey. So we, we give her a little plug too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you guys are both yeah. involved. Yeah. Yeah, but she's great. We uh, like we're up, we're on the same wavelength, and I'll be honest, which I enjoy. You know, that's one of the reasons I take a lot of weekends off now is just because, uh, you know, I actually enjoy you know hanging out with her, spending some weekends off, mm-hmm. and you know, hanging out with friends. And like I said, so I have a good balance. You know, I mean, I like doing comedy. Do I want to do every weekend? Probably not. You know, I don't like being on the road. Like right. I told you, it's a traveling thing. You know, um, right? <laughs> who I'm working with. I want to work with my friends. I want to travel here because I like these people, and if I don't like this guy, I probably won't take the gig. It's like, you know, I, and like I said, not that that's that's just the way it's me. You know what I mean? And not everybody's like that, but I don't know. I just like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. I enjoy some weekends off. Uh, summer is slow, so I, I, you know, July and August, I'm usually laying low. I'm I'm at the beach, you know, with my book, yeah. hanging out on the beach and and goofing off, you know, because um, yeah, well, you know, it, it, July and August in the summer, unless you're doing resorts, it's really not. It's kind of slow anyway, especially if it's nice outside. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I think it's yeah. nice because, like you said, you have the balance, too, that you have your career, both careers. You have your comedy career, and then you have your, you know, your career career. So I think it's, right. it's a nice balance, too. You don't have to just depend on when's your next gig, you know, when's your next paycheck coming in from, you know, doing some stand-up. So that's, that's a nice balance, I think, too. Well, there's people, you know, there's friends of mine who, um, you know, there's some really talented, smart, funny people that are comics. And, you know, it's a tough business. I mean, you really got to struggle. Like, you can, you know, take it to the next level. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I worked with Ray Romano back in the day. I I was at Catch Mm -hmm. a Rising Star with him when he, maybe about a month before he got a sitcom. And, you know, he was wow. he was on the rise, but obviously he's the pinnacle of what happened. You know, he sold his sitcom, right. he made a ton of money, and he was hugely successful, and he's still, I, I think he's still, he's on that new show, Vinyl. I mean, he had Everybody Loves Raymond. I mean, you know, um, and, and there's people that are, you know, talented, and they didn't get that break. They don't have their own sitcom. But you know what? If you know. watch their show, like, wow, this guy's fantastic. He's hilarious. Um, and he's just doing stand-up. He's just doing his thing, and he's making a pay, and he's doing his thing. Is he a millionaire? No. But is he talented and funny and creative? Yes. So you know, a lot of times people say, "Who's your, who's your, some of your favorite comics?" And some most of them are friends of mine, and they, you might even never heard of them. But they're talented, funny comics that are doing mm-hmm. the comedy circuit. That are just they're not on TV. They don't have Comedy Central specials. But you know what? Right. They're funny comics, and that's why right. a lot of, I always tell people is, you know, just because they're not they're not on TV, that doesn't mean they're not funny. You know. I agree with you. I mean, same thing with, like, musicians and some of the artists, like, that I pick up. I listen to, I haven't listened to regular terrestrial radio show. I can't even tell you. It's since and Sirius came out. But, I mean, a lot of bands I get on my show, some of them do break. Some of them are kind of breaking, but then they don't. But, you know, that's how I find them. I find them by kind of, you know, going through the different channels and, and finding some new artists I like and, 
yeah, I think it's cool to really look at whatever, everything that's out there, not just, oh, it's Taylor Swift or it's this huge person. You know, there's so much talent going on out there that might not make it, like you're saying, to that level. So yeah, I agree. My, uh, my, Joanne's, uh, my, my girl, my fiance, I, I have trouble saying, I'm used to saying my girlfriend, but my fiance. <laughs> my fiance. Uh, my fiance. <laughs> Her uh, her friend uh, has a, has a has a her son is playing. Uh, he's getting. He's I think he's maybe like nineteen or twenty years old. He's young, and uh, mm-hmm. we went to go see him. He was doing an open mic night. Not even open mic night. He was doing like an instrumental on his, on his acoustic um, Saturday night. So we went to go check him out in Trenton at a place called the Social Club, and uh, okay. you know just a little Trenton Social Club. Twenty people there. This guy was fantastic. I loved him. He was. Yeah. He's, you know, and he's just. He's just doing his thing, man. And I'm like, Dave, you're, you know, he's, and I, so I don't know that many people in the in the business, and I don't know what he's doing, but you know, I like to help him. He's 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 really good. His name's Mike Rossi, and uh, you know, I don't even know, I don't even know if he has a website or whatever. And he's just a young kid, but he's got a great voice. He kind of reminds cool. me of like an Amos Amos Lee type. I don't know if you're an Amos Lee fan, but uh, he's no, kind of reminded me of him. Uh, never heard of Amos Lee. There you go. Check out Amos Lee. He's great. What type of genre is it? Um, kind of like, I mean, boy, like how would he be like a blue bluegrass folk? Okay, and that's probably why. Yeah, with a little bit of stuff, with but... a little bit of rhythm, but yeah, he's really okay. cool. He's different. Cool. He's, I can't even. Yeah, I mean, if you if you listen to some of his stuff, it's um, we we actually saw him. Um, I, th- I turned fifty last uh, July. We went out to the mountain winery at uh, up in upstate California, in Northern California, and we saw him at a winery. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Uh, really? It was uh, David, David, um, David Gray, and Amos Lee. Uh, my little cool. birthday present. <laughs> nice. Well, happy belated birthday! You got another yes, one coming up in, uh, this year. There you go. Right. Yes. So yeah, I mean, Joe, it's been a pleasure having you on, and we did a full hour. We could probably do more, but uh, yeah, I definitely want to check you out sometime. I definitely want to see a live show. So that's definitely going to be on my uh, to-do list for the future. You let me know, and you'll be there. I'll get you cool. tickets and that we'll sounds- hang out. Oh, that sounds great. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. You did a great job. And, um, yeah, please promote the podcast because whoever couldn't turn in, tune into the live show, we can always uh, pick them up and they can listen to the interview when they're driving or working out or whatever they want to do. All right? Will do. Will do. Thanks, Kara. Yeah. It was good. It was good talking to you. I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Have a great night. Bye. All right, everyone, Joe Bubblewitz. You can check him out at JoeBub.com. He's also on Twitter. He's on Facebook. So uh, find him in all of his social media places and definitely check him out at an upcoming uh, show somewhere in central Jersey or, like he said, he's going to be in Connecticut. Um, check out his site for upcoming tour dates and more. So let's see. What else can I say? Tomorrow night I have a, another interview, actually. I'm doing two back-to-back. I don't usually do that, but trying to get these guys in before they go out on tour. We have the National Hard Rock Band Devour the Day coming on, 7 p.m. on March 1st, tomorrow night, so definitely tune in for that. And as I said, I'm going to be approaching my 200th interview, so please check out the podcast. I really, as you can see, hopefully with Joe's interview, I really put a lot of effort and time and research into my guests, and every interview is very unique and individualized. It's not a cookie-cutter type of interview, and I usually do about an hour for each person. Um, so check them out. They're on iTunes. You can go to my uh, blog talk radio site and download them or stream them for free. And as I said, we've got comedians, musicians, filmmakers, um, a lot of different types of entertainers, authors sometimes. So if you follow me at Carrie Edelman on Twitter, I will follow you back. Also, you can become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where you can get upcoming 
events and more for my guests. And I also have two personal pages, so feel free to find the one that's not maxed out with the 5,000 friends and um, send me a friend request because I love to keep in touch with people that way too. So thank you so much to everyone who tuned in tonight. Check out the podcast if you tuned in late. And as I said, we'll be back tomorrow night, March 1st, with the hard rock band Devour the Day. Thanks so much and have a great night.